foie gras, pulled pork, bok choy, squid ink, dining with Doug and Karen. Hey everybody, my name is Doug. Hello. Hi Doug. My name is Karen. How you doing? And this is Dining with D and K. Dining with Doug and Karen. Mm-hmm. It's, what is it, Karen? Thursday? Thursday. April. I'm thinking the 25th. Let's go 25. <laughs> Let's call it 25. April 25. We are in a beautiful restaurant on Melrose and Highland in Los Angeles. Yes. We'll get into this when we have the chef come over. Right. We think this used to be a place we used we to hang so. out in. We think so. We'll find out. Yeah. Back in the day. And our guest today is Ryan Sickler. The Ryan Sickler. Yeah. Who, you know, everybody misses Crab Feast. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's where I was thinking I know him. That's a callback. No, no, now you know him from The Honeydew. Oh. His new podcast, his solo podcast. He had Jay Larson. Yeah. They, they he was do, on our show. They used yeah. to do crab feast together. I found out today that that's not a thing anymore. Oh. It's all over the place still. You look it up, it's, uh, it's, it's available. It's a thing, yeah. But so like I said, if we, we've talked about doing sort of a maybe an annual or an anniversary show or something, and you volunteered I to said be I would guest, come on if they do a, sure. a reunion show. Yeah, reunion. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good word. I'd like to be on the teariest episodes of things. Doug, what are you nibbling at there? These are little uh, bagel cracker cookies that I can't I can't exactly tell you what Ryan, they taste why don't you like. go for one and see what it is. But they put them down Excuse here me. at uh They Chai look Spaca. like baby bagels. Do they taste like cookies? I don't know. I don't, I'm not going I'm going to try to wait from uh the other food because just in case. But you see how I've there's noticed. like a ton of wine around us. I do. It's very Italian. Got lots of very fancy brands. They got the Shia LaBeouf over there. They. <laughs> it's not a Shia LaBeouf. Give you. It's a San- <laughs> they give you these crackers uh-huh. at wine tastings. Oh, right. It's a very, you know, I was going to uh, insult the cracker and say that it's very bland, but it's probably very good at getting you back to zero if you're tasting wines. Don't worry, cracker. You didn't do anything wrong. It's ba- it's a bagel hole, but it really almost. I mean, you've you've eaten a dog biscuit on a lark. I right? was about to say it is. It tastes like a dog biscuit. It looks like it would be softer than it is, but it is crackerish. I've eaten a dog biscuit crackerish. on a dare. It is. It listen. It also had an afterbite of a spice in there. I feel like I got a little spice. Am I right about that? Probably. I feel like there's yeah. a spice in there. There's a little something on it. Okay. There is. It's but an interesting. It it Number done. one, it does not taste like a dog biscuit. No. It doesn't? No, it's no. like salty and buttery. What kind of dog biscuits did you eat? Oh, wait a minute. Those were donuts. I was thinking of... I got confused for one second because... No, these are buttery and... They're, well, they are spicy. They're delicious. In that case, I have to apologize to dog biscuits because yeah, those absolutely. things are better than I thought they were. Dog biscuits, it's like when you eat one on accident. You, it's, that's the thing where you stick your tongue out and throw the, it off your tongue with Home your hand. It. 
You know, you wipe it off as fast as you can just kind and get of, underwater. When you're getting into it, it feels like you're like biting through like a triple stack of saltines or something, or or those uh, those those little uh, oyster crackers that come with uh, clam chowder. It's very. Uh, I'm going with a breadstick, more like, and a buttery. Breadsticky, yeah. I'm much buttery. Mm-hmm. Much more buttery. Yeah. Um, but then you take a little. Is no one? Is get a little wine else? with these. Now, Doug. These cookie let's crackers. Let's have a cheers, because. Because what? You have what a happened? red wine that you enjoy. Yeah. And it's called Lambrusco. Yeah, we found it here. And this is a big place for wine, and this is. And they have it. I want to ask something, but I'll just wait till he gets here. But I yeah, want to know if this over. is Joe Bastianich's or not, but I, I doubt it. Let's talk a little bit more about Ryan before we, uh, before we get going. start talking restaurant. <laughs> I'm going to do what you do. I'm swirling it. Yeah, you Watch swirl it around. You, you stick know. your nose in there. I'm going to copy you. You pass it to someone nearby. Oh, who already has some, so no big. I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. Ooh. Ryan, I've been off the booze. Oh, that for a is while. a damn delight, that drink. Are you oh. officially back? <laughs> oh, I got officially back when I went to um, Meat Fest. No, not Meat Fest. Uh, beef, beef steak. It's the uh, it's the big benefit they do for the LA Food Bank. Have you heard of this? It's like Matt Selman does it, and um, you know, it's a comedian thing, really. I thought I would have thought you'd been to it at one time or another, Doug. Yeah, top comedian Matt Selman. Well, he's a writer for The Simpsons for like 87 years. Yeah, I know him, but... But you know what I mean. There's a lot of comedians that go yeah. there. Like, if you went there, you'd know a shitload sure. of people. Anyway, they had these little flasks that they made up with cocktails in them. And our friend Tony Kameen and I had been not drinking for a while. He's losing weight. I'm medically not supposed to. <laughs> and um, It's a condition. And uh, no, it was just for, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cut back is what it is uh, for. Anyway, me and him just looked at each other and we said, we should just drink these. So we did. <laughs> no, it was, I didn't. Now you're back. Now I'm fine. Oh, I, sure. I sweat a little. I just started an interesting new diet. What is it? It's a bottle of Lambrusco a day. <laughs> With turmeric in it. maybe some crackers that I don't. I can't believe you don't like Looks these. Look like little right? bagels. I no, I mean, that's the thing is I like them, but it's kind of, kind of a, a kind of torture. Ryan, what about you? I'm a fan. I really I like, like it. You I, have I, wine tasting at a hotel that you stay at when you play Cobbs in San Francisco. Oh yeah. One of the hotels that they have a deal with. Uh huh. You have wine tasting and the, and the cookies are very much like this. Only two places I've ever had them, so I think I, I blame the wine. I think mm. these go really good with wine. Perfect, right? I think so. I I, I love the taste of it. Mar- I think Ryan, if these are just, just sitting taste? around, no. you can't have I some will wine. Have a taste. Here's a taste, dude. Thank you. Don't have those. Sparkling you red. I mean, it, uh, what's your experience with it? Have you well, ever had it before? Stuff to do later. Oh, that is good. Well, I have to go pick up my daughter from yeah, so preschool, so I can't be drinking. No, I get that, but I just mean. But I've never had that. No. A sparkling you red. Know what? Isn't it great? Look, I'm very it, limited, so I, my ignorance uh, don't allow that to affect your opinion of my opinion but um that's almost sangria ish to me at least uh-huh you know what i mean like that's my experience with sort of the sparkling with the uh, bubbles yeah and i really like that that's really good i could see myself taking a an uber here and <laughs> knocking a bottle of that out. oh yeah yeah or how about on the beach somewhere yeah that's great that's a great summertime drink right i there could see too. you being on the beach right yeah. you got your uh i don't know what do you wear trunks <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to envision Ryan on the. What? You go to the beach a lot and hang out? No, I go to the beach more now because my daughter really likes to go. Mm-hmm. How old's your daughter? Um, she's four. Four. Oh, we go God. fly kites and she Arguably loves to run. Arguably the cutest and, age. You know, might be four. It's a good. It's a fun age. But um, no, you live this close, you don't get to go as often. You know. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's the truth. Because you say I don't want to deal with it. No, but see, I'm from the East Coast, and on the East Coast, people, I feel like they appreciate the beach more. Like it's a there are condos built up and down and people pack the family up. And if you live in Maryland or New Jersey, it's like, we're going to the ocean. That's your week. That's like your middle-class American old school family vacation. Where are you going? We're going to the beach, but out here, you don't, it's a day trip more. You know what I mean? Right. And it is a day trip just to get there. You're right. And you're very close to the beach, which is just terrible. Different culture. you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I like the beaches of L.A., but I grew up with the beaches in San Diego, and they were just more, I don't know, more quaint or something. More south? Yeah, they were definitely more south. You're I right, grew up in, right the, in San Francisco, that. and they're more north. Right, and the beaches there are even less good than the beaches, like for going and swimming and stuff. Oh, we'd wear wetsuits and go boogie boarding and stuff. Yeah, wetsuits. Yeah. You wear a wetsuit, and Very it works. Cold. cold up there. I was about to say it's probably a lock holder, it's and it's there. and you might as well take a chance of being mistaken for a seal. Oh, absolutely! Because I got those up there too. Oh yeah, you'll get eaten by a, a gosh darn uh, white shark. Was that place still there where you can go and eat and look at seals out in the water right there? The Cliff House. Yeah. Yeah, but remember downstairs they had uh, the old arcade. Mm-hmm. That's now moved to the pier. That's now moved to like Fisherman's Wharf mm-hmm. area, sort of. So, but the but the restaurant's still there. Didn't recently a lot of the sea lions or whatever they are, their seals leave? There was something happened they where they left, the <laughs> and they were wondering where they no, were, and they when they were like, "Is I this a sign of something together. to come?" Yeah, I think I read about this in the news. They all got together and fired their agents. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of that location, man. You know? No, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> I mean, anytime a group of animals moves. There's a reason behind something's it. Something's up. Yeah, something's up or something's like coming. Like when all the butterflies showed up here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see any of it. I did. You did? I was out of town. Oh, you're out of town. I, I was mean, gonna it, say was, you it only lasted a few days. You. you walk outside. It's a handful of days, right? Yeah, you walk Five outside. Days. Everywhere. Everywhere, butterflies. It was pretty cool. You know why it was beautiful for me? Because, again, East Coast, we used to have, well, they still do, but locusts and cicadas. And they would come like every whatever it is. I don't know. Again, I'm ignorant. But seven years maybe it was. And they would be like swarms of them hitting your car and shit. Butterflies were a much nicer touch. I think the cicada thing is like even crazier. I think it's like every 28 years or something. Oh, is it? That they just live underground and then suddenly they just come out and party for a little while. And you can, they destroy (laughs) things, correct? They yeah, can trees, things. they eat yeah. through leaves, yeah, yeah, everything. Some, you know, and they're yeah. loud. Like, <laughs> they have a noise with them, too. It's like a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, butterflies are great. Maybe it's 18 years. I'm enjoying myself, you guys. I, I'm having a great time. This is so good. Even the water is good. Just they being here is water. nice, and we're not even talking to anyone yet. I mean, we are. Th- us three, right. but you know what I mean. I think, Karen, that we have established quite firmly that you and I have a fondness for restaurants that are closed <laughs> it's true like when there's no other customers and we have microphones and they take care of us we are addicted to that now it is it, it is, is our life now this is one of the more perfect spots that you know we've gone to some that are closed like he says which we love but this is a very particularly good one to be closed and being in i yeah. think 
Yeah, it's, it's too fancy for us, to be honest. It is pretty nice. Yeah. I mean. When you guys were kids, did you, what, did, were you often in restaurants? Like, well, the, not want to say, first of all, not like this, because I, I feel like chefs have taken restaurants to a whole new level from when I was a kid. But even in a really nice restaurant, would you, was it a special occasion thing or? Yeah. Was it a, like, we you the family would go once in a while? Like, what was it for yeah, you? Yeah, once in a while we'd go. We'd yeah. go, like. And where would you go? Oh, we lived near San, in San Francisco mm-hmm. for first part, and then Marin County, both like very restauranty places. So my dad's favorite place was Original Joe's, and um, so we and there was there's one in Marin and there's one in San Francisco, and it's a great place by the way. Next time if you're in San Francisco, at Original Joe's, and uh, he just thought he, he'd like to take me when I was like about eight or nine or ten, whatever you know. He'd take me because he'd like to go sit in the bar. He knew all the people. Yeah. He knew like the waitresses because all his friends would go there and he'd be like acting like a big shot like hey i got my kid here hey cheryl come over here and show her how you uh, put a, a cherry stem in your mouth and you can make it into a knot i'm like what is going on <laughs> dad she she said she she said she wants the prime rib i don't think she can eat the whole thing and then i eat the whole thing and i was like a big i was like a, a little celebrity at original joe's mm-hmm. but other than that the family would go out to just any place nearby right but that was my biggest, funnest memory, probably. You? We went out a lot. My parents were into going out to eat. Um, I assume it's just because it's, you know, it was an excuse to drink. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what it was. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money, so, like, I'm sure my dad didn't love taking us all out to eat all the time, but... We did it pretty frequently, but we also were really did fast food and uh, Chinese delivery a lot. We had this one place called Kips, uh, and uh, they were close by where we lived, and they, you know, had all the the Chinese food that we like. It was that kind of ordering system, you know, with six you get egg roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get the egg roll. Yes, you order for more people than there are in your family, because then you get. <laughs> You actually get uh, those extra items. If you just say you're just two or three people, they hold out on you. Um, I'm trying to think about, you know, there's a growing up in San Diego that it's very exotic to go out, especially back then because there wasn't even a bridge. But it's exotic to go out to the Coronado Island. Oh, yeah. off, right off the coast of downtown San Diego. Oh, that and bridge wasn't there then? Yeah, it used to be. You'd get you'd drive your car onto a ferry, ferry. and ride across. So you'd still have your car on the island to drive around That's and fun. stuff. Yeah. yeah, so we used to do that all the time. That used to be like the big family outing was to go to, a, I think it was called Mario's, just a big Italian restaurant that was on that island. So it was just like fun for everybody to go visit the island and eat at that restaurant and then you know then once the once the bridge came along it's still the same deal you get to drive across a cool bridge that was one of my more exciting things once i was able to drive a car was driving you know being behind the wheel going across that bridge because there's still you know it's a big ass bridge but there's still something kind of hairy about it feels more like a on ramp you know a ramp than a bridge you know because it's got kind of it's got kind of a curve to it but anyway Let's get into some food. All right, let's do this. Yeah, thing. let's say hello to our let's chef friend. <laughs> we didn't say where we are, first of all. We did. No, we didn't say the name. 
I think I kind of muttered it under my breath. He Spocka. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. He Spocka. He Spocka. Yeah. He. I said it wrong the first. Lowercase. Yeah, I had that C H I. Spocka. Uppercase Spocka. Big Spocka. Key Spocka. The part of the Moza. Was it, uh, right, we'll have it when Ryan comes. Right, Chef Ryan's coming over right now. He's as a coming over. Fact. He's got already got a plate of something. This First is of all, exciting. Let's talk a little bit about where Chef Ryan works. He works behind this huge grill. Well, we're not a. I guess it's a grill, Chef Ryan. Yeah, wood fire grill. Also wood fire oven. Hey, you just watch him. It's a dream kitchen. Is that what that's called? A dream kitchen where you can see the chef working. You have to be a certain kind of chef to want that to be a dream kitchen. But what I love about it is the wood fire grill, wood fire oven. Uh, no stoves, kind of a caveman style, all wood. Oh. Paleo. Yeah, very paleo. Ah, very see how I brought that in? Well done. Thank you, Ryan. Well done. Oh, two Ryans. Yeah, two Ryans here. Chef taste, Ryan, man. how are we going to know? We'll call you Chef Ryan. That works perfect. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we'll call him not Chef Ryan. Yeah, we'll call him not Chef Ryan. <laughs> what a laugh. Yeah. Oh, man. How'd you, how'd you like that dish, not Chef Ryan? Oh, it was delicious. Tell us about the ingredients, Chef Ryan. <laughs> um, so how long has uh, Key Spaka been a thing? Six years. Okay. And But on kind of this sort of block of restaurants, like it's all connected? So Pizzeria opened first you know, 11 years ago. Then Osteria opened shortly 10 years ago. Um, and then Moza to Go, which I also run as well, um, is our takeout delivery pizza and meatballs and, and kind of a, a shorter menu, a shorter menu than Pizzeria Moza, but same idea. And then we which had this people room. should know about. Oh, it's because fantastic. you can't you guys, get into Moza You got a nice little, uh, no. nice little bench out there you can sit on while you're waiting for exactly. your to go food. It's awesome. And there's one little seat right in Moza to Go too that you can sit at as well. <laughs> but um, Moza to Go, we had this room. And they didn't really know what to do with it, so we used to do classes. Scuola de Moza, they called it. Uh, they realized that that wasn't really producing enough money, or it wasn't really, I mean, it, it was successful, but it didn't work as well. So I turned it into a seven day a week restaurant and called it Kispaka, which uh, it was based off the idea that we do all of our own charcuterie. So we, we get whole pigs in, and we break them down, use every single part, and then we, we dry cure the meats and we allow them to age and we were originally the first restaurant in town that actually like had a license to do this. Um, but so Kispaka means he who cleaves, hence the cleaver on the logo. Oh, and right. and <laughs> listen to three of us idiots. He who oh. cleaves. <laughs> what are you doing later? Cleaving. <laughs> Could you cleave now? <laughs> You're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. I thought I just assumed Kispaka was what that one robot says to C-3PO in Empire. Kispaka. How rude. <laughs> that also might be the, the origin. I, I might be wrong. You might have it down. <laughs> Either way, it's a good name. Yeah. 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 It's um, it certainly when you punch it in for, uh, you know, uh, car service or GPS or any of that, it, it knows what it, it knows. It knows you know. Lowercase C-H-I, you're, you're there. It'll just pop up. Yeah, um, people know it. That's a, it's, we're happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, thank yeah. you for being no, here. No, this is awesome it. that you're having us. And what, so yeah. what, first, just quickly, I know that I read some literature on the internet that called this a meat speakeasy, which is, that alone to me is enough reason for uh, 
for it to be and for me to be here. But wow, could you tell us a little bit more about the overall vibe of the restaurant? Yeah, I mean, meat speakeasy is definitely what people describe us as, but I actually like to think of it more as wood fire than anything um, because there's a lot of restaurants that kind of have started to do wood fire as a trend, but you don't see it in the food. And so I like to pride ourselves on being, we, we, we really focus a lot on vegetables, a lot on salads, a lot on fish as well. It's just that since we get whole animals in, we have a lot of meat. And since we're a small restaurant, we need to serve kind of big portions. So we're known as being, you know, a uh, family style um, wood fire restaurant. Um, and then the, the charcuterie is really the basis of the restaurant. Everybody starts with a little bit of charcuterie. Um, so whether it's some, some, you know, prosciutto that we make or, or whether it's, and we make out everything. We make salami, we make pâtés. Where we do make, you make it? Uh, so we do it in back. We have a prep kitchen in back. But then there's also in the corner over there, there's a little glass. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. That's where all of it dry cures and, and it ages. So that's a, it's a room that's not quite a refrigerator. It's 55 degrees. A refrigerator is 42 degrees. And so we had to be able to prove to the government that we can, Put things we can salt meat and then put it into a room that's not a refrigerator and still be able to serve it to people legally. How do you prove? <laughs> yeah. How do you prove that? We have what's, what's called the, a. What's their test? I mean, what do they make you do? When we went to the health department, they said, "We have no idea what you're talking about," and we're like, "Well, people have been doing this for thousands of years," and they're like, "No, no, we get it. We just don't have any programs." So we had to create a program. Oh wow! Um, and it wasn't just me. It was our former chef that actually did most of that, and he uh, and it was mostly. We have to be able to prove that the salt takes out enough moisture, and we also have to be able to prove that the time that it sits in that room um, is enough time to make it, or really we have to be able to prove that putting it in that room doesn't hurt it because the salt is taken out of moisture, or we've lowered the pH of whatever it is. So say it's a salami, we have to grind up meat, mix it with fat, and then ferment it to the point where the pH goes below any bacteria being able to live in there. There's a lot of science to it that yeah, people don't always realize goes into it. But yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, it's it's a it's like once you do it, you don't really know what else to do. It's kind of your favorite. I, thing. I have a question that I want to go back to a little bit. Yeah. You say uh, forty-two degrees for the refrigerator. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's go. at thirty-seven. What's at seventy-two? No, thirty-seven. <laughs> That's ideal. You oh, want it to it? be colder in that, like thirty-eight degrees. I is kind of. Maybe what I'm you're, ruining my food. Forty-two degrees is the is the health department regulation. So you can't have your food be below 42 degrees. Most refrigerators try to go to 38 to make sure that they're getting the food to 42 degrees. Um, but 42 is a regulation. I mean, he's describing all these amazing ways to make salami. And the whole time I'm thinking, well, fuck. <laughs> Refrigerator's at 37. Oh, shit's going bad. My salami's hot. <laughs> shit's going bad. <laughs> all right. So we have in front of us what? So this is our pork blade chop. Mm. Um, we call it a blade chop because it comes from the shoulder blade. Uh, and we grill it with a smoked jalapeno rub on the outside, and then we glaze it with apple cider glaze, and we we uh, stew onions in apple cider vinegar and put them over the top. Um, I cut it up a little bit for you guys. So usually oh, at the restaurant, lovely. we would just serve it whole. Yeah. Just as a big piece, and you'd have to figure out a way to cut but it up. But I know I love that it's but cut up already. I didn't want to make you guys have to make noise for the podcast. You know, to make oh, sure. that's so right. thoughtful. A-plus <laughs> material, Doug, right here. Can we get some uh, little plates for us to... Uh, I'm just going to eat an onion first. Yeah, get in there, Karen. So this this dish is the closest thing we have to barbecue on our menu. Uh, most of our food here is simple, meaning like we really want the meat to sh speak for itself. We want the ingredients to be minimal, and we want really the quality of whatever it is that we're cooking to be the primary, uh, you know, really all you're tasting. That just explodes in your mouth, right? Mm. Um, it's the 
the cider. Oh yeah, and the, and the cider I'll, I'll I'll plug a little bit for the company that makes. We use a company in Massachusetts um, that is in the Berkshire Mountains called um, Cars Cider House, um, and they make the apple cider vinegar and the apple cider glaze. And these are kind of things that that makes our owner here, Nancy, so special. She goes and finds the ingredients, comes back and tells me use this somehow, and that cider and and the and the glaze is is the best there is. Oh, oh. good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy Silverton, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. That is really... Man, mm. that is so good. <laughs> you said I this tasted is... every bit of what you said was in there. Thank you. Right? What, what's the spice in this? I know I was so spicy. Am I wrong? Different. These actually are made by one of our servers at Osteriamoza next door. His name is Pat Asante. And he... Um, he is from a small. He has he has a, uh, a restaurant. He has a house in a small town in Italy called uh, Della Corte, and he makes these just for the fun of it. And then Nancy told him, "Well, you want to sell those? Like those are those are the best Tirali. They're called Tirali. Tirali. Um, and they are essentially little Italian snacking crackers, you know. And they um, these are better than most. These are better than than most Tirali that you get in Italy." Goes great with the wine too, and, and that's what they're meant to be drinking. Is meant to be eating as a drinking snack. Um, and so there's some that are chili flake. So some of them have a little bit of spice to them. Some of them are cacio e pepe, which is like pepper and cheese. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few are just classic that just have a little bit of uh, white wine and oh. and I think it's just really just white wine and salt. Wow, that is. It's man. it's delicious. Man. This is like you're gonna tell people to get this when you go there. And so, so far. <laughs> and one of, one of the things that Nancy has really taught me, I mean, there's a ton of things she's taught me, but one of the things especially, she says, you shouldn't put something on your menu as a tester. You shouldn't be testing it. Like, people are paying enough for the food that you're, you're, you're getting or you're serving them. You shouldn't be testing out on them. So everything you serve them should be craveable. It should be something like if you, she says, if you run out of something and they're not mad that you ran out of it, you didn't do your job. Oh. Because you, you should, you know, they should want that dish so bad that they have to come back and get that. Well, she has, you know, she she started La Brea Bakery, right? Yeah. Well, she is it. She's is that still her? I don't know. No, she sold that a while ago. She sold that once she, she said that once she couldn't make every loaf of bread, she said somebody else might as well. Oh, it so just got she, huge. Yeah, yeah, it got really big. I mean, yeah. you know, so whenever I'm at the regular grocery, like you can get it at Ralph's. Yeah, you yeah, get it at wherever. Uh, that's what I want. I'm not going to get. Safeway Signature, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, Ralph's Signature, yeah, right. whatever it's called. I'm looking for La Brea. It's like the name of bread now when you're getting a loaf of French bread or... Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't know about other states, but I know in California, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, she's an owner of this restaurant. And then um, Joe Bastianich. Joe is also one of our Lydia orders. is like one of the first cookbooks I got, his mom. Lydia's great. Does she get to come in? So you used to get to see her? Oh, yeah. She comes in. Oh, I mean, God. When, I'm so jealous. When she's in L.A., she, she comes in to eat, for sure. And she's great. She's uh, part owner in other restaurants in our company, but not this restaurant. Um, but Joe is is the – Joe and Nancy are the primary owners of this restaurant. Joe is – do you all watch uh, Master Chef for Kids? You know Joe then? Yeah. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, you know who he is. Know He's who the is. nice little tidy guy, the Italiano, and uh, <laughs> real sweet to the kids. And uh, that guy well, can, all are. That guy can cook, and then, man. But then, what's his name? The main oh, guy. But when Gordon he's Ramsey. with adults, he's mean. Yeah. Right. Ramsey is. <laughs> Why is like that? like a different person with the kids. Well, I want to see him yell at the kids like he does the adults. 
At least when they're doing something silly to him, like pouring milk on them, they dress themselves up like cereal or something. <laughs> no, I actually, I mean, I really actually like the kids show, not just because it's amazing that kids can be that great at that at such a young age, but also it is. I don't know why Gordon Ramsay just isn't nice all the time because it, it's really pleasant. <laughs> uh, he's he. I know it is true because I've I've worked with him on shows on like award shows and this and that. He's a really nice guy. Super nice guy. Very nice. <laughs> he comes so with his nice. family all the time. They're nicest family. But what I what I love about the Master Chef Junior though is that when you watch Master Chef and Top Chef, it's you know adults professionals make doing what they're supposed to do, essentially. Master Chef Junior, they do some dishes that to me as a chef are impressive. One of the little girls that was seven years old made duck l'orange. That's a difficult dish to make. I mean, I would be surprised if the Top Chef adults could do that. You know, so yeah. I, I love watching. Now sometimes you see kids that aren't very good at it, but that's just natural. But the the, some some of these kids are amazing at what they do. Oh yeah, and they love it too. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. So you said when I asked you earlier, um, you said you have to be a certain type of chef to want that. Do you mean as an individual, or is there a training also that goes into this and doing it in front of people? No, individual. Uh, you have to want. So one of the things that I always loved about open kitchens is that as a chef, you want to see people enjoying your food. You know, some chefs are kind of more into the art of it, and they just want to create their food and put it on a plate and then serve it, which is completely, I mean, that's all respect to it. No, you know, I'm not saying it's worse or better. But for me, like, I want to serve something and, and then see somebody enjoy it because that's the whole, you know, hospitality is about making people happy and keeping people comfortable around you. And if you can't see that, then you're not really knowing. You know, you're just kind of trusting the server telling you, hey, they love the food. Okay, cool, that sounds good. Right. But, so you have to be able to, if you want to talk to people, you have to be a certain kind of chef. A lot of chefs don't really want to do that. Hands down, this is the best pork chop I've ever had. Ever. Thank you. Thank you. Ever. ever. Thank you. Ever. I'm, well, I, you gave me the signal that it was all right to grab it with my hands and go for it. Cause I, was I was with you. I was like, he took that piece. My God. Is Doug going to take that piece, or can I take that, please? Well, I'm going to say that it's in my top two and a half. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> that still means a lot. That still means a lot. Yeah. We, we get all of our pork from a company called Heritage Foods USA. Um, mostly comes from a farm called Newman Farm and Good Farm. They're out in Kansas and, and Arkansas. And uh, I visited the farms this year. I mean, just an amazing experience to see what these farmers can do with, with the pigs. I mean, they these are – I always believed in the pork because of how the quality of it, but – once you see how, how the, their all outdoor operations and just beautiful operations, it's, it's amazing to see what they can do. Doug just went to one. Oh. What? What? Oh, you just went to a farm. Mm-hmm. He saw, the, saw it up close. You know the movie, personal. The Biggest Little Farm? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Apricot Lane Farms? Yeah, they're fantastic, yeah. I haven't yeah. been up there, but I've heard great things. Yeah, there's a whole documentary about the farm. And they, uh, on the last episode of this show, is a brief interview I did with uh, the guy was a basically um, a nature for, for you know cinematographer, like he did lots of nature photography, and then he and his wife uh, you know decided to move out of L.A. their apartment and start a uh, farm, and they wanted to start a farm that was also like didn't just didn't just have one thing like most farms do now. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to be a farm that has everything. And so there's a whole documentary that he shot because he's a photographer about uh, all the uh, all the problems that come along 
uh, with the with the farm, but also how like nature sort of solves some some of the problems, not all of them. You know, nature can't do anything about stupid ass wildfires. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's a very entertaining movie. And why did we bring it up? Because he was just talking uh, yeah. about the farm. Oh, getting all the food, all from everything farm. from farms. Yeah. Well, yeah. and especially the 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 meat, the pork. I truly think we get the best pork in the entire country. Um, and I mean, the, the farmer that we get our that we get our pork from is the vice president of the pork board. He has a um, um, PhD in meat science and and uh, muscle ge- biology. I mean, just like you know, just these are people that are not they're not just farmers. They're some of the most intelligent people on meat in the entire country. Um, and he does things like tests out to put seaweed in their diet because one of the things that kills pigs more than anything is um, um, the gut bacteria uh-huh. and seaweed lines their gut to make it so that they don't die from gut bacteria and he said that his you know it does he does like 0.25% of their diet and his mortality rate has gone down like like 20 to like almost nothing um, and but he just does he did that just oh I heard this worked so I'm gonna try it out because he does right. research at University of Arkansas where he's a professor and I mean these so I, I've, I was very proud of the where we, where we get our pork from because one, I was able to visit them and see how awesome their operations are, and two, I mean the proofs in the pudding. I mean the, the actual product itself, the pork is so good. No pork doubt. pudding, it is good. <laughs> so, can I ask you a question? Is it alright if I ask a question? As comedians, we have to do a lot of different. We have to wear a lot of different hats. You know, stand up, live shows, podcasts, acting, website, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Do you, as a chef, do you also like part of your training? Do you have to learn how to and I, I don't know the term butchered. Like, you don't have to learn how to properly uh, prepare an animal. Like the full, you said you use the whole pig. Do you personally have to learn how to do that? Absolutely. You I mean, do. you don't have to, but it's you're a better chef because of it. Um, I mean, I would say I'm not a great butcher. I know how to butcher, and I've I've learned how to do it. But I have a butcher, Miguel, who's been with Nancy for 25 years, even into her old restaurant, Campanile, um, and he is way better than I am at butchery. Um, but that's why we pay him to butcher, you know. So sure. he's you so, surround yourself with right. the best people. That's what I've learned: is you surround yourself with good people and make yourself look better, um, and it just makes the operation better too. But so I do know how to do everything in the restaurant, and I mean, that's that's what the chef should be. You should be able to, if somebody's sick, you should be able to jump in and do their job when they're gone. But he's better than I am for sure. Um, so I that's one of the unique things about what this restaurant is. Really, why I think it's so special is that we do truly use every part of the pork of the pig. Most places, it's not cheaper to do it. By the way, you'd think getting a whole pig would be cheaper. Um, unfortunately, it's not. You pay as much for the fat and the skin and the bones you do for the loin, which is what everybody, or the belly, which everybody wants. So we have to find a way to make things make us money even when they're skin. So we have a lot of things that people don't know. I mean, that we don't hide it, but we would tell them, but like we have this little pork trotter that we take the pig's foot, we put it in brine, a saltwater solution for about a week, and we boil it for four hours, pick apart all the meat and fat and skin, chop it up, mix it with some spices, and put it into a casing, and slice it and make a like a cake out of it like a bread it and fry it and it's like a crab cake of pork people don't realize it's a lot of skin a lot of fat and a little bit of meat but that's the whole point is if you make it so that those parts can be sold and they don't know that then you're then you're really using every single part of it you have your um, own version of scrapple here that's exactly what that is that's what that's, I was yes. say. Yeah, exactly sounds like scrapple. Yeah. and we have yeah. testa where you take the whole head and you debone it and then boil that and make it into a little um like a, a little cylinder and then you slice it thin and and serve it like lunch meat. I mean, it's fantastic. It's it's never heard of that. What's that called? Testa. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially. I'm terrible at Scrapple because I can't spell. Oh no! Oh no! 
Oh, my. Oh, yeah, Rick comes in with the, the linens. I like oh, what what's happening? Is this so, little... Ref- I see you working. So I've got, I've got some lamb chops that are coming, and I've got short ribs. Oh, oh. You guys want them one at a time or at the same Spoiler time? Spoiler alerts. What do you want? Man. Doug's in charge. Uh, what would you recommend? What order? I think I'll bring the lamb chop because it's ready right now, and then the short ribs will put Perfect. on the grill and then go back and Perfect. get them. Perfect. You're a delight. And also, Fantastic. make sure you use this for your hands because we'll get you guys a... Uh, yeah, what do we have to do with this? I don't know, but... You just take this hot, lemony like towel... This. Put the lemon on your touching. fingers. Like I don't even. Knew, I, I mean, at this point, I was like, I'm not using any utensils. I'm just eating this. Yeah. Stuff. When he gave me that go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got that. Oh yeah. This You're is like, rubbing these crackers in there. I feel like I'm on a plane almost. You know. Like, this, this is hotter than the plane ones. This is. This can I get is one? Serious. Can I get one of those, please? Oh sure. Oh, you didn't get one. I apologize. We're, uh, and then maybe Sticky Fingers over there wants one. <laughs> <laughs> um, our friend Aristotle's not here today. He always likes us to go to a break at some point, so uh, I guess we probably should do that. So we'll take a, a, a brief break. We'll be right back. We're back, and I uh, just want to remind everybody, <laughs> myself included, that uh, that farm we were talking about, the Apricot Lane Farms, uh, Molly Chester, the wife of the guy who filmed the documentary, it was her idea to do a, the kind of farm that has everything, and uh, she uh, was also a uh, a chef. So I'd love to do a show out there where we show off, uh, you know, the various f- foods that they make right there oh, on the farm. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. So we got to make some calls. Mm-hmm. Will do. But Karen, you were telling me before the show that life is just, there's just too much going on for you right now. Ugh, it's just... You're just flustered with, uh, with busyness. Well, because everything's, like, so freelance right now that, and now you can, you know, have you ever heard of the computer? I have. Yeah, you, you, you can send stuff from it, turns yep. out. And so you don't have to be working in a studio every five seconds. You could be working in your house. Sure. So... I'll do a script for this or that. <laughs> I forget what I'm doing, Ryan. <laughs> I don't remember. And then I'm getting this, and we're doing this once a week now, which is kind of my most favorite thing. And uh, and I just can't remember to do. I just it's just too much, you know. And then if I get all flustered, like the dogs start barking and I can't finish something, or I I, I don't have an office, I'm working out of my chair, you know, my living room, which is my favorite spot, and I I. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's not. I gotta get an assistant or something. I don't know. I, I don't. Do you think maybe you're high right now just because you're sitting with me and Ryan? <laughs> also. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Oh boy. Oh boy. Ugly. Oh boy. What the. Uh, so, part, this is our happening. Moorish lamb shoulder chop. Um, it is Moorish because of the Sicilian. Well, it's more because the Moors invaded Sicily in the 1400s, and it's a Sicilian marinade. It's it's a yogurt marinade, very much like the tikka marinade you get in Indian restaurants, uh-huh. um, just with a little bit of different spices. So we marinate it in yogurt and a bunch of different spices, and we grill it directly over the fire, um, getting a nice char on it. Because the shoulder chop, which is where this is from, is usually shoulders are not usually something you'd eat just grilled and then served 
to eat, you usually have to braise it or you have to cook it for a long time or you have to grind it up and make meatballs out of it. There's so many different muscles in there. This is, this is both Nancy and I's favorite thing on the menu um, because it has that chew. You kind of get that like a little bit of chew to it. Oh, and then we can have the mint yogurt. And it comes with a mint yogurt as well, oh. um, which you're doing right now. Um, and so make sure that everybody gets one of those pieces. So share that with one other person just because those are the rib pieces. But eat, but eat the entire thing because those little pieces of fat with the bone That's are just so – so these pieces right here, those two other ones are – I mean, they're – those are insane. And there's a little bit of mint yogurt right here. Can you say dip it in that? Yeah, I would, I would try it by itself and then try it with a little bit of this as well. <laughs> I like how you say that, Ryan. <laughs> and you say – it reminds me of like the old jerky boy stuff. And you say I do this? I dip it in that? <laughs> mm, man. Mm. I'll dip it. Yeah, there's like uh, this piece has like some bone on the end of it. You're done. Karen's out. Karen's. Last episode. It's too delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Where'd he go? Where's Ryan? Where's Chef Ryan? I want to ask him some questions about this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, here. I mean, it's, it's just, just fucking crazy, right? Because I'm not a big lamb eater because it's got a very gamey, to me, very gamey taste. This is, I wouldn't even know what I would, I, someone definitely has to tell me this is lamb. It's a, I can kind of <laughs> taste it, but it's just so much better than other lamb, I guess. I never buy it and I don't, I don't, I don't order it really. I mean. Maybe in like a Middle Eastern place they'll have something, you know? I wasn't sure about the mint, but man, well, that mint, is perfect. That's kind of a classic with it, right? Oh, yeah. That's really... And it's the fat. You know, really I nice. hate to, you know, it's not... We'll ask Chef Ryan when he comes over. That is fantastic. Man. He's, he's slaving over the next course. Mm -hmm. But make sure you smile while you're eating this one because, you know, he likes to know that everybody... He's got an open kitchen so he can see our satisfaction. <laughs> he doesn't even look. He's not even paying attention. He doesn't even have time mm. to look. Guys, this is right. good, right? Oh, it's so look good. Look at this. Right. I just took do a whole it. slice. Do I don't it. even know what it is. You got some greens on top that you can just push aside and disregard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 Pretend you never saw it. That's um, it was spinach. That's, uh, we call that a... Uh, It's cilantro. Can you eat it with it? Mmm. Actually, the cilantro goes real good with it, huh? Yeah, it's got the lemon all over it. Mmm. Mmm. Everything yeah. you have is yeah, better guess. than other stuff. <laughs> I guess cilantro is way better than other cilantro. I'm staying away from the cilantro mm -hmm. in solidarity with people who hate cilantro. <laughs> Goes great with it. Trust no, me on this. You gotta trust me on this. It's not fair that the cilantro haters, they don't choose to hate it. It just happens. I'm, I'm one of those, but you know what? Is this good cilantro? I don't know, but being yeah. where oh, we are, what the check hell? Check it out. You're right. Ryan. I've had other things. Let's that get it out. I gotta get, get a photo get a of this. a picture of him. Like He's going to eat cilantro and he doesn't like it. Get, it, get some pictures of him in action. Maybe a boomerang. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Oh, 
Good. It's okay with this, in this one instance. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, your cilantro. That yeah. doesn't Yours doesn't taste like. He's not gonna else. just have any cilantro. No, I'm not gonna now. just go buck wild on cilantro all of a sudden. <laughs> you have a cilantro fan. You don't have a cilantro oh my converter. Do you know Sickler before he was a maniac <laughs> about cilantro? <laughs> There's pre-cilantro sickler and post-cilantro He became the cilantro killer. <laughs> Took a lot of lives out in the valley. I'm dipping these crackers up in this. Mm. The seasoning mm-hmm. on this meat here. So good. How much you want to bet salt and pepper only? I don't know. Lemon. Gotta be something lemon. else to it. A little lemon. Mm. Oh. Gorgeous. This is a this is a delight. Uh, Ryan, is there more than just salt and pepper on this? Yes. Yeah, so we when we when we season it to order, it's just salt and pepper. But in the yogurt marinade itself, there's cardamom, cumin, coriander. Cilantro, mint, and salt and pepper. Right, in the in the in the yogurt sauce. Yes, yeah. But the meat, no. No, the meat is just salt and pepper from the outside. You just called it. I mean, yeah. it's it is why amazing. Why put more on it? I agree. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm too excited. No, but like the pork. <laughs> the pork <laughs> I mean, the pork one. We had some different things, which made it. You know, it was a spicy. Yeah. Spicy little guy, which was really good. Not too spicy, but just you know, had that spice. Yeah. But this one, you just do straight up salt and pepper, lamb. Yep. And the the, the spice on that on that uh, pork chop, the only reason that we only use one type of chili, it's just one smoked jalapeno, not the chipotle that you buy in a can that has all the juices in it and everything, but these are dried smoked jalapenos um, that you can get at Mexican markets. You dry them in there? No, we actually buy them from a place called oh. Windrow's Farms. They're <laughs> up in uh, Ventura. And they, uh, I mean, Bill Windrow's just like, when he wants to smoke jalapenos, I get them. Doug <laughs> so, smokes them all the time. <laughs> that's what we call it. <laughs> Smoking jalapenos. Karen. <laughs> but he, I think Ryan gives you a good idea, Ryan, Jeff Ryan. Smoke your own. No, I mean, it, it, we do. We do every once in a while. It takes a long time. The it's smoke, like a 24-hour smoke. smoke. Really? Yeah. yeah. And Bill has yeah. an amazing smoker. It's better to smoke somebody else's. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> so I have another question as I'm sitting here thinking Always about this. Better. What have you? What's the situation like? If you have, you ever have an irate person or a drunk person where you just you about like I'm about to come over this motherfucking counter. Are you you ever? What do you do in a situation where it's open like this and you have a heckler? We have had it a couple times. <laughs> we have right. I'm we sure. have had it a couple times. Of course, I mean, you I've, have. Had, I've had people tell me to to go fuck myself in front of everybody. Oh like yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and we. I mean. And then oh, we had we had we had maybe one he just time. loves the food so much. Go fuck Wait, did, did we get all the food? We did. All right, now I'm gonna tell him. I mean, the, the funny thing is, I'm very I'm a very calm, patient guy. So like, I find pleasure in like keeping calm in those situations. So you know, in those situations, you say, "Look, sir, I would have loved to help you with whatever problem you would have had, but you just told me to go fuck myself in the middle of my dining room. So now I don't care about what you say. You know. So really, I mean, usually they're willing to leave because if they're at that point, they don't really care. They kind of want to leave. But we had, I mean, one time we had a. I'm pretty sure he was on meth. I don't know exactly what he was, but he was on something. And people he, on meth love to eat. 
that's what was so weird. I don't know how he found our restaurant because we're not an easy place to find. You have to Just because you're all meth, I mean, you know, I'm good taste. <laughs> well, he's got good taste, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I assume it's a man. He didn't. Yeah, yeah definitely. He, it, was, it was definitely a guy. It was, it was two men. One of them was on meth. The other one was on downers. I'm pretty sure because one of them was like, like laying down, like, like just depressed, like wouldn't even talk at all. Mm-hmm. Well, the other he ate one was too like, much. yeah, <laughs> might be true, but they didn't eat anything. Oh, that's how we knew they weren't really like. That's how we knew they're on something because they ordered all this food and they wouldn't eat any of it. And and oh, I mean, it, it started as just small little things where the guy said, I, I, "How come I don't have any wine?" We said, "Sir, you have two glasses of wine in front of you." Oh. You know, and then it, and then it escalated to <laughs> get my bill right now, and then it ended with him. Rick actually went over and took care of it because that's usually the manager, and he took out a hundred dollars in one, which is all he had, so he didn't even have enough to pay his bill, and he threw it up in the air, no. and and like and just he tried to knock off he, or he did he knocked off a bunch of wine glasses from like the empty tables Ooh. on his way out with like a bag Jesus. he had and I mean it was like I just went around gave free dessert to everybody it was like uh, yeah, yeah, guys, right. you know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but that's a story for them to tell yeah it, it, it happens you know it, it's it's part of the restaurant industry you know you, you deal with people like that speaking of the history let's get into this yeah do, do you remember or do you ever recall anybody saying that this Spot used to be a bar called Fellini's. No, I didn't know that. We think it was. So I know that. It was a place we frequented when we were first uh, doing comedy here in LA. This exact spot or the entire corner? Just I know the, the corner was a restaurant. A lessee, right? Or something like that? Or something. It was some restaurant that was always there. And then next door here was a bar called Fellini's. Well. I think. For sure, the outside look at those. I mean, I'm sure those are new doors. Maybe they're not. Um, uh, it was also used as the um, as the exterior shot on Melrose Place. Really? For their, yeah, for the for the whatever bar theirs was uh, called. But oh, and if you want to get real, not, it's not even risky. But the inside of that is the bone? lamb bone marrow. Oh. And it is, if you like lamb flavor, people that don't like lamb will hate that. But it's not gamey or crazy, but it's, I love it. Lamb. It's, it's like so good. Are you going to go for it, Doug? I want you to go for it, Karen. No, 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 no. I think you like lamb better than me. You think? Yeah. Why do you think that? I don't know. But it's just, you can't, <laughs> eat, you can't eat the bone. I can get You're it out saying everything right around it? Like inside, if you use you, the, the knife to like, you can get inside. Maybe, yeah. maybe you can't. Sure. Do it oh, I want to yeah. see this. You're about to bust like out some bone marrow baby right is now. About to eat some bone marrow. <laughs> oh God! Serve it, serve it up. Okay, I'm excited. You know, one of the things I like about this is, is it's a definitely a fantastic, fancy restaurant that you can eat like this with your hands and shit. You know what I mean? Supposed to, right? We tell them it's encouraged. It's yeah, not just, it's not just like that's loud, great. It's encouraged. Because people ask, like, are we allowed to pick it up? It's like, yeah. I mean, we we want you. I, I if you're picking up food and eating it, you. Like, you're liking the food more, so I want you to enjoy it as much as possible. So it's not too much, but... You just pulled all that out of there? Yeah. Chef Ryan, do you like to eat um, salad with your hands? Yeah, I do. I do, too. I, I like I like everything. <laughs> I like eating everything with my hands. It's, it's, a, it's a... I love to eat salad with my hands, because you I can also, get what you want, and you pick it up. It's easier. My cooks make fun of me, though, because I, I don't believe in using, like, specific utensils. I think a, a chef shouldn't be just as good as utensils. I think you should be able to do it with whatever you want. So, like, if I don't have a bowl around, I'll, like toss things in a, in a, on the cutting board like <laughs> I will just oh, like okay. yeah. make like you know mixtures of, of salads or whatever and make it on a cutting board so I, I like doing everything with my hands I, I love just I think the hands are very important for it yeah my parents are always, always hey, you think you can you think you could use uh, your hands a lot I mean what, what's with you you know I'm just like yeah. this is how people eat 
Am I the only? You're with me. What do you think? Oh, what's happening? This uh, is also for the next dish. Yeah, that was. Um, you're right about it being very lamby. <laughs> a little too much, you think? Or no, I, I liked it. It's got, um, but there's like little kind of a little bit of crunchiness in there. That might have been me. Like <laughs> you might have eaten a little bit of bone, you know. <laughs> That's good. Lamb bone. Probably yeah, the first yeah, time yeah, you yeah. heard that, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, good. it was good though. Okay, I'm gonna get the next dish. Okay, there. thank you. Gosh, look at this. You ate Gosh. lamb marrow. Yeah, you scraped a little bone into it. That's you good. Really got in there with it's a like good protein. Shell your seafood. You got in there with a knife. Look at this, Karen. We can look at each other through oh, it. Oh, hey. hey. How's it going with your monocle lamb? It used to be alive. <laughs> oh, why? Why? We were why? having so much fun why pretending it was an eyeglass monocle thing. I know why. Well, I guess you know what? We have to pay respect to it. And if you're going to eat it I, you and know, you ate the whole I'll thing. I'll pour a little, little bit out for it. In your mouth. <laughs> I'll pour a little bit out. Well, Doug, I gotta say, man. I haven't had lambrusco a lot till so you ordered good. it whenever you did that time, and uh, it's delicious. <laughs> I think we discovered it at Rosso Blue, uh-huh. and now whenever uh, me and my lady go out to dinner or anywhere, any bar, I just routinely ask for it, and they never have it. I was gonna ask. That's not common in a lot of places. Mm-mm. How do you pronounce it? I'll have a million different kinds of, of red wine and no Lambrusco. Lambrusco. Very Italian. I mean. Yeah. But so I even put it out on Twitter, like, where do they have it? And a guy wrote to me a specific spot. And we went there. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we used to have it. So it's not a popular thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I'm going to start a Lambrusco revolution. Well, you know how Rosé made a big comeback. Right? (laughs) 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 Well, I think Lambrusco is going to make a big comeback. I don't know if it already has, though. It might have been. I was just telling Ryan today, like, what a scam this show is and how we get to have these nice meals and stuff. But, like, this is what... Then he just immediately oh, gets to dude. participate in one of the best ones. Right. <laughs> I know. I no, can't yeah. even get over it. so good. <laughs> I can't even get over it. Look it's at so this. up your alley, Doug. This is like a perfect St. Patrick's Day uh, Look at this. What meal. we got going on? So this is um, porcini rubbed short ribs. Oh. Uh, I'll pass. With, <laughs> with salsa verde um, and a little bit of scallions on top. But the... Uh, Porcini rub, it, it's short ribs, a thin style. We call them flank and cut. Or actually, really, in L.A., they're called Korean style. This is how you get it at Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, that are marinated with uh, balsamic and red onion and honey and kiwi. The kiwi helps to tenderize them a little bit because um, there's an enzyme in kiwi and pineapple and papaya that actually like, kind of breaks down the meat and tenderizes it. Pineapple does it to the point where it actually turns into mush, but uh, kiwi is really a nice fruit to do um, just for like tenderizing. And then we do porcini, dried porcini mushroom powder with a little bit of salt, pepper, chili flake, and sugar. And then it's grilled and then finished with like a chimichurri, essentially. Oh, boy. The, the, all three Man. things on the menu are three of Nancy has favorite, but this and the lamb chop have both been on the menu since day one for six years. Um, and I would get hate mail if I took it off. This is... Karen, you're going to... Shit myself? I was going to say kill yourself, oh. but <laughs> probably one and then the other. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, wow. Mm. Wow. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's get a s- social media picture. 
The listeners love when uh, we pause for pictures. <laughs> they're really, they're like, it, it puts them behind the scenes. Um, These things are so... Oh, they're so good. Oh, man. Like so little, good. It's like a little... Like, you pick it up like this, it's like a little candy thing. I don't know. Um, and I, you know what I like about drop. it, too, is, like, at a Korean restaurant, generally... Now, I could be wrong, but I've gone to some pretty good ones. They, they cook them a little bit more well done. Now, these are rare, medium rare. Yeah. And they're way better that way. It's, it's one of the things that when you go to Korean... I've been to Korean barbecue with Nancy a couple times. And we usually go to a place called Park's Barbecue. And our mm-hmm. chef next door, Liz... Hong, her mom owns Parks Barbecue. It's the best. I'm not just saying that for her no, mom, no. but it's, it's no, the best yeah. Korean barbecue in town. Um, I go there probably once a month. It's like my favorite place, and uh, and they do it really well because they're that's like they're like one of the places that is known for doing it very well. Most places overcook it, and Nancy says she likes to. Be, that's why she likes Korean barbecue because she can intervene before they overcook it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I always think, am I doing this wrong? If if uh, you know what I mean, like I'm thinking. Am I supposed to cook it for longer? It's almost like um, flat meat, like flat meat. I think. Do, I guess I have to keep cooking it. Yeah, but you I mean, don't, short do you? rib. There's a very fine, win- or a very small window, because you don't want to undercook it or else it be really chewy. Mm-hmm. But for me, this comes from a part of the, the cow called the short plate. The short plate is one of my favorite cuts of meat in the entire cow. Um, just recently, people have been kind of talking about it more. I mean, barbecue, people have been using it forever with a beef rib, um, which is one of my favorite types of barbecue. But um, now a lot of people are starting to realize that, like, even cooking it medium rare is really delicious. Um, but it's – it's it, I, the short ribs are, are, like, some of the most underutilized cuts of meat on the cow. Uh, for anybody out there who wants some short ribs and you just want to start to learn how to cook them, they come at Trader Joe's. Right. We do. Yep. And they're easy to easy to cook because they're already marinated. Yep. And ready to go Korean style though. Yeah. This is, I prefer this actually. But you know, I mean, I love Korean barbecue though, so yeah, I can't say I don't. But, but I just like this particular thing that you made better because it's cooked better <laughs> than, <laughs> than I can do it. Do you find yourself like, when you go out, is it hard? Let me ask it this way: Is it hard not to be critical of other food and chefs and? Especially doing dishes you guys do so well. Yes, it is very hard not to. I really try to, you know, one thing my girlfriend has taught me, because she's not in the industry, which is great. When you're in the industry and you're dating somebody that's outside the industry, you kind of get a relief, you know, from the industry. Because it can be that way. Because you can go out to eat. It's almost like a job. You know, it's almost like you're going out and you're, like, criticizing everything. You're looking at the same way. But she's really taught me, like, kind of, like, go for relaxation. Go out to, like, really enjoy yourself. Don't just go for, you know... You do want inspiration, and you do want to educate yourself, and you do want to learn from it, but you don't want to have it to the point where you can't even enjoy it, because then you're criticizing everything. And when you work for somebody like Nancy Silverton, most places you eat are not going to be quite up right. to her level, yeah, you know. Yeah, and so, so you're so therefore almost everywhere you're going, if it isn't a high-end restaurant, is going to be somewhere you're like, uh, you know. But one thing I love about Nancy though is that some of her favorite restaurants in town are like. Like Poyo La Brasa is a small little uh, Peruvian style chicken place down in Western, and like you know, uh, what else like did you like? Burritos La Palma. It's a little burrito place um, that serves little like braised meats and tiny little burritos. Because burritos are supposed to be ito means small, burrito. It's not supposed to be brote. It's not supposed to be a big burrito. Burritos are supposed to be small, and so they serve like flour tortillas, handmade braised meat inside, rolled up into a little burrito, and you eat it in, like three bites. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Um, but so so there's very little like. 
it's not just fancy food that, that she likes to eat. It's it's I and mean, same with most chefs in general, like the taco restaurants down the street, like Tacos Leo is a Al Pastor taco place on on uh, is it Western? No, La Brea on La Brea. That's open only like Thursday through Sunday. I think it's open more than that, but they have to be doing the Al Pastor right off this bit. So I mean, is it places like that are what really get chefs excited because when you break it down, get rid of all the bells and whistles, and all you're really looking for is something that's technique like really good technique on and great flavor yeah and so and everyone has their own favorite little spot like that you know like yeah. have you ever been to henry's tacos in toluca lake no or uh-uh. it's just like an old-fashioned taco bell taco is what it tastes like they don't make them like that anymore i mean it's like but it's just kind of reminds you of when being a kid i guess i don't know but it's just this little tiny spot yeah and you just and it's just that's all it is it's those tacos are fantastic tacos. Yeah. <laughs> I, like New Mexico have you ever been to New Mexico New Mexican food is very underrated and they do a crispy taco but they they deep fry the ground beef and the taco shell together so it's like this like it's kind of greasy and oily inside but then they yeah. take it out let it drain a little bit and they put that you know nuclear orange right. cheese on top it's who knows what's in it and then iceberg lettuce and some sour cream and some salsa and it's like the best. I mean, it's so good. They call it a gringo, a gringo taco, you know, but it's, it's it so is. good. But it's also really refreshing. Yeah. That's why I think people like it with all the stuff on top like that. Like the, oh, yeah. It's like a salad on top of the top. I, I like it like that for fun. I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, it's what I had when I was little. Have you ever seen the, the Taco Bell story, like the where they started? They actually took the idea from a Mexican restaurant across the street from them. And they were trying <laughs> to do this. They're like, oh, this place is so good. We should just do this. And then they found a way to do it kind of faster and, and in a uh, you know more efficient way. But that taco is originally a fantastic taco. And not to say anything bad about taco. Well, you can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't like taco personally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, I don't, I don't but, eat it. But, but what I mean is that style of taco, when I there are really good versions of that. It's just that, you know. I, I think Taco we, Bell's gotten a little too crazy, too. It's like yeah. the Dorito something or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Doug, you're the comedian. You can I'll eat a Dorito taco. I'm not above it. Oh. Yeah. Best taco I ever had was in Mexico, and the dude prepared it on a tree stump with a meat Whoa. cleaver. Chopped wow. it up like that, and homemade sauce in, in like a a cut styrofoam cup. You know what I mean? Remember when you used to like <laughs> plant stuff in school and you'd yeah. cut it like that? It was so fucking good, so good. That sounds perfect. I truly think. But I'm saying, I like finding them in those out of out of way places, like something you didn't, you were like, I'll, just, I'll try it. All right, and then you're like, God, this is good. Like, I got tricked into eating a tongue taco one time, and I was surprised how good it was. I was like, after I were, they were like, that was tongue. I was like, cow tongue? They're like, yeah. I was like, it grossed me out to hear it, but I was like, it wasn't bad. Mexico truly knows what they're doing when it comes to food. I mean, they, they wake up in the morning, and they don't care about politics or government, as you can tell. They care about they're going to be with friends and family, and they want to drink and eat well, and that's what they do. I mean, they, they are so good at making food and drinks taste good. Um, I mean, think about Al Pastor, the, you know, had it, it's off the spit, it's pork that's been layered with pineapple. They stole that from the Lebanese, because there's a big Lebanese influence in Mexico. They stole that, and they said, like, shawarma. Oh, we can make shawarma better. And so they layer it with pineapple and orange, and then they, and they slice it off onto a taco, a little bit of pineapple on top of it. I mean, it's just like they, they truly know how to make food taste good. What, what dishes uh, do you guys do here that I don't know people would consider like exotic. Like, do you do anything with tongue? You say you use the whole pig. So do you do anything with tongue or anything like that? We do veal tongue, um, thinly sliced veal tongue with oregano vinaigrette. We brine the veal tongue for three days and then confit it uh, like really slow, like 175 degrees for about 14 hours and then let it cool and slice it thin like a deli meat. It's like the Jewish style, like the the Jewish um, veal or beef tongue. They do it in sandwiches. 
We do um, sweetbreads, which are like the thymus gland uh, um, of a veal as well. Um, we wrap that in pancetta. I don't have that skewer. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Anyway. <laughs> so we, we use everything. Somebody I mean, the, the eated it. <laughs> oh, Karen. Uh, seven years. Seven years yeah. we did doing this. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So almost as long as, I mean, longer than the restaurant's been open. You've been, you've been oh, six yeah. years. So that's, that's yeah, really good. Yeah, we got you beat. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, this was good. This is Yeah, excellent. thank yeah, you so much. You really, yeah, well, I was telling Karen, you really hooked us up. You've, you've got to come in. Because I don't think any, none of you have been here before, right? Uh-uh. To eat. You got to come in. You got to come in. She might come in tomorrow night, yeah. right? You're thinking? I'm thinking. Uh, I won't well, be here, actually, <laughs> oh, no. When will you be? Will you be here yeah. the weekend of the of Mother's be Day? be when you're here. Not Mother's Day itself, but that weekend, yes. Okay. That's our day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring my. I'm, we're, this is where we're, we're going to go. Perfect. Perfect. Just yeah. let me know. I'll give, I'll give you a card and you can let me know. Yeah, we'll work oh, it all out. Just, yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm not, I don't expect any special so treatment. I just want to show you I mean, off. I just want to make sure you get a reservation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot. This is a small place, everybody. So if you want to eat here, you got to like, uh, you got to you gotta get on it. Yeah. This is a, how many seats? 40, 45. 45. And then is there reservations for the bar or is that open? We do reserve it, but they have to request it. We leave them open unless somebody requests it. It'd be fun to sit at the bar in here when you're busy. We either have, we have two people, people that love the bar and people that hate the bar. Because people, it does get hot there because you're right in front of the grill. Sure. So it does get a little bit hot. I call them the hot seats and I give people free stuff. They don't complain about it. You know? Oh, okay. We'll so come in, I'll come in and there. not complain. Like at Benihana, you just throw stuff in their mouth. Oh, like, yeah. I'll just, I'll just be like, hey, here. Like, I appreciate you guys not, like, because, you know, some people be like, oh, my God, it's so hot. I can't sit here. Nothing against them. We just move them somewhere else if we can or whatever. Yeah, or they but, should eat here in the wintertime. In the winter, this is this is the best time to eat. I'll here. bet, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the best compliments we've Go gotten is hot in the. Uh, last last year it was a, it was a hundred. You remember that July heat wave we had? Yeah. Like hundred and ten degrees. Do it was I. insane. It was like a hundred in this restaurant, and we have air conditioning too. It just couldn't keep up. It was too much. Wow. Oh, it was too much everywhere, right? That yeah. was just uncomfortable. Oof. Yeah. And you're behind the grill. Oh. Oh, it's it's. I mean, we're lucky though. Most kitchens are small ceilings and enclosed. We at least have, you know, yeah. the air can move. Yeah, true. Yeah. But you must still, just down water, just like it's. Oh, I drink like like a gallon a day easily. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, this was great. amazing. And it's so nice yeah. to meet you, Ryan. Thank you, thank you for yeah, having me yeah. today, guys. Yeah, especially you on your here. best restaurant episode ever. This is the best one we've done. Wow, well, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. And it's. Did you know, Karen? No. That our well, last episode was number one hundred. Was it? And this one is 101. 101. Holy moly. Yeah, can you believe it? No, because we don't, you know, seven years, a lot of people would say that's not, I mean. Yeah, we don't we do We do them sporadically. We we've been. Lately, we've really right. picked up the pace. Right. Bringing you new episodes every week. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just my website, ryansickler.com. You can find everything about me there and uh, subscribe to the Honeydew Podcast and check out Doug's episode of that. Yeah, that's coming out soon, and uh, he really grilled me. He really got, <laughs> really got into some of my more traumatic experiences. So it's a very in-depth kind of But I came out at the interview? end feeling good. I like it was. That. It was. Yeah. Yes. One-on-one. No interruptions. It was fantastic. Right? Yeah. Except for the guys laughing so in the other room. In the, in the control room. In the control room. They were loving Doug. <laughs> it's 
Weird. Doug and I usually keep it pretty light. A couple of times today, he brought up a few things. So we'll delve into it later in a few of their episodes. He probably forgot about already. What? We'll see. Okay. Um, what else should we tell them about this place, Chef Ryan? You know, I don't. What are your, I mean, what are your parting thoughts? You know, we, is this we, the best food podcast you've ever been on? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, by, by far the best. By Number far one best. rated yep. by Chef Ryan. <laughs> top uh, chef, one of the top chefs in Los Baca. Angeles. I, I think I run a very good restaurant in Los Angeles. I, yes, I, he does. Yeah, yeah you do. I, I love the restaurant. No I, reason to, for ranking. I would love it <laughs> yeah. if I. If it, this is, and you can see it. I mean, truthfully, I mean, it just looks like a place that somebody loves to work in. I, f- I fell in love with the restaurant for the first second I came in. I did an interview to be a sous chef and or be a grill cook, and from the first second I was here, I heard like a whole animal butchery, wood fire grill, you know, a uh, small restaurant. Like I, I knew I loved it. So. And it's really fun to watch you cook, and uh, and also it's kind of like when you get to see like a musician rehearse, you know, or a band rehearse. It's like with nobody in here watching you cook, it's pretty cool. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks Absolutely. for having us. No, thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to have, well, especially people that really love food and, and really understand. It's very nice to have you guys here. I'll be back for sure, and uh, hopefully lots of our listeners will come by. And uh, for Karen and both Ryans and our social media team, this is me saying, <laughs> Bon Appetit, Mother Effers. No peas, brie cheese, our plates are clean. We dined with Doug and Karen. I like Donnie with Doug and Mommy. Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.